Our spotlight today, Sky Harbor, as the airport infrastructure company looks to capitalize on the rise in air travel. Joining us right now is the founder and CEO, Tal Keenan. Thank you so much for being with us. So, uh, tell us all about what's going on there on the tarmac, what needs to happen now as people have had pent up demand and they can't wait to get back out. Well, hi Nicole, good to be with you. Uh, what's really driving our, our business is that the business aviation fleet in the United States grew by about 27 and a half million square feet. That's length times wingspan times number of aircraft added to the fleet over the last 10 years. And as you probably know, COVID-19 has dramatically accelerated that growth. And the business aviation infrastructure has just not kept up. Uh, so that, that's where Sky Harbor comes in. We build the campuses that you see behind me across the country. So where are you seeing the most demand or opportunity? Um, I know you're right now based in Israel. When you look around the states, um, where do you hone in on first or most? Well, with the real acceleration and growth in the fleet, you almost can't go wrong. Sky Harbor only develops in major metro centers. So today we're in Miami, Nashville, Houston, Dallas, Denver, Phoenix. Uh, that, that's the type of growth that we see other areas that are potentially interesting, like vacation destinations. That, that's not really where our business is. We're really focused on the metro centers. Are you waiting for business travel to return? Um, and when do you see that? Because that's obviously got to be a big part of the business, particularly with little private jets and things like that. Yeah, so in, in our specific niche of the industry, business travel has not only returned, it is setting records every, uh, yeah, every month in terms of, and we, you can track that in terms of fuel consumption in the, in the business aviation space. Aircraft deliveries, 2021 was a record year, and new aircraft deliveries, 2022 is going to beat it by about 12%. Uh, so we and, and and this is a largely secular move, right? You know, once corporations or individuals you know, move from commercial to to private aviation, they tend to stick with it as long as they can continue affording it. So we think this is a secular move, and it, it it's here to stay. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you, and that's why I set you up for that question because I have a lot of friends in business, and a friend of mine said my husband hasn't flown commercial in three years. Um, do you really think they're all, have you gotten the price to the point that it's truly competitive or are they willing to pay so much more? Yeah, so it's certainly if you're flying from New York to Los Angeles, you're never going to win on price uh, using private aviation. However, if you're a business that is uh, spending a lot of time in secondary cities, has to do multiple legs in a day, what COVID-19 has done uh, is First of all, taking a lot of aircraft and pilots out of the commercial fleet, and it's taken a lot of routes out of the commercial fleet. So the ability to connect at the time that you need to connect uh, or, or, or to, to travel directly between two secondary cities uh, has gone up dramatically. So for certain businesses, it's more than justified to, uh, to have privatization. But again, if you're going you know, New York, Miami, uh, commercial is always going to be too on price. Right. What would you like to see as far as um getting these tarmacs and getting the aviation landscape set up. I mean, you talked about a lot of the business hubs and big city hubs of, of the likes of Miami and Nashville and uh, Dallas. What would you like to see or what is your true outlook? Yeah, so I, I think you, you see 
two main players or two main industries that, that provide infrastructure to business aviation. There's the FBOs, the fixed, fixed base operators, who uh, provide fuel and flight services to uh, uh, to business aviation. And you know, those are big companies like Signature Flight Support and Atlantic Aviation, uh, both of which were public until last year. Uh, Signature was taken out by Blackstone, GIP, and, 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 uh, and Cascade, and Atlantic taken out by KKR leaving us, the other side of the industry, really to be the only public stock that investors have access to uh, uh, business aviation infrastructure. We're a real estate company, right? All, all we do is what you see behind me. Uh, we're not in the fuel business. Uh, we see right. plenty of room for both, right? But right now, I think the biggest deficit that we're seeing right, is in real estate. Right. Do you do better when people are using more of the private or smaller jets versus the commercial jets? Is that sort of the theme here? Because I'm thinking now the ski trips that everybody takes, right? They go from sun to ski. I mean, that's what, uh, you know, the people I know, they're going from sun, they go from the Bahamas and then they pop over for some skiing in, in Aspen or wherever, Denver, Colorado. But yeah, yeah, I'd say our, our our tenant base is divided, you know, probably about forty five percent corporate, maybe forty five percent private individual, and about ten percent government. Uh, and what's you know what's nice about our business is that you know volatility is quite low, and that our income has nothing to do with the amount of use. Uh, you know, to your question, the FBOs are are, are highly uh, correlated to you know kind of to the to fuel consumption in aviation. So if you get hit by you know a COVID nineteen type uh, you know a, a global pandemic or an economic recession mm -hmm. or something like that, people tend to fly less and their sales go down. Of course, in times like these, their sales are way up, and it's a great time to be in the FBO industry. For us, we're on long term leases you know, with very high credit tenants. It's there. There is very little volatility, high vis visibility of earnings, whether people are flying or not. They're paying their rent. Yeah. And, you know, this really, I mean, you started this, I think, you tell me, incorporated this right in the middle of the pandemic where it was needed most and probably set up a lot of these leases and plans going forward. And now I start to wonder, Tal, what happens next? Are, are you getting offers? Are you going to, I don't mean sell out in a bad way, but sell out in a good way or find partnerships or something because demand is only growing at this point. Yeah, so uh, we we went public for one specific reason, and that was growth. You know, we think we we've, we've got the formula. We're, we're constantly refining it, but we think we have it down to to a pretty good level. Uh, we know how to expand. We know how to you know mint these facilities around the country, and right. frankly, all we see is growth. We see growth in our traditional markets, and we see growth in in areas like eVTOL, uh, electric uh, aviation which you know is a gold rush and i think a lot of people are covering that right now and i think a lot of companies are set to do very well aircraft manufacturers uh, but we're positioned to be you know call it the levi strauss of that of that gold rush gold rush right we're going to be selling them the denim jeans right the the, the infrastructure yeah. you know all these companies are very focused on certifying their vehicles with the faa which is a huge heavy lift uh, there are not that many people focused on the infrastructure that's going to be required to you know, maintain these vehicles, charge them, store them, maintain them, service them. Uh, and that's a big part of what Sky Harbor is going to be gearing up for. We're, we're still you know, yeah. good three years out, but, but that's coming. Yeah, looking forward to speaking with you again as we talk more and more about this. And I know there's been a lot of volatility with the stock. Uh, SKYH is the ticker symbol. Tal Cannon, thank you so much 
founder and CEO of Sky Harbor. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole.